Father, we give you all of the adoration. It belongs to you. Not unto us, oh God. Not unto us. But to you be the glory. To you be the honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. How I love to call on your name. God, we thank you once more, Father. We thank you, O oh God, Father, for your word. We thank you that your word is a two-edged sword, that it cuts asunder. Father, let that word, let it penetrate deep within us, O oh God. Father, let your word, let it cause a germination. Father, let your word, let it sprout forth, oh God. Father, that your word will cause us, your people, to bear fruit. Much fruit. That the fruit that we bear will remain. Father, we thank you. We thank you for our lives, for all of us. Every word that comes forth, Father, you allow it to touch each and every single one of us individually and cooperatively. That is the amazing God that we serve. I pray, Lord God, Father, that you will speak through me. Let me not say anything that is not of you. Let your word edify your people. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for allowing me to be a vessel for your use. In Jesus' name, amen.
I thank God for an opportunity to be here this morning. I'm so grateful to God. Every chance he gives me to stand before his people, it just makes my heart so glad. Um, I'm thankful for my pastor. He's the best pastor in the world, right, because he's my pastor, right? <laughs> I thank God for you, 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 and you. I'm very grateful for all of you being here this morning. I'm grateful for the leadership um, of this church, of this um, shepherd's house. They are awesome leaders, every single one of the men in this um, assembly and, and in Lynchburg, of course. But I'm partial to this assembly. I love the leadership in this assembly. Amen. We have been talking about the fruit of the spirit. And today the topic we have is the benefit of the spirit of self-control. The benefit of the spirit of self-control. Amen. The fruit of the spirit is the evidence of our journey in Christ. The fruit of the spirit is the evidence of our journey in Christ. We cannot call ourselves believers or followers of Christ if we are not in Christ or Christ in us. We cannot call ourselves followers or believers of Christ if we're not in him and he is not in us. That evidence ought to show up in our character, in our conduct, in our communication, which we learned about that last week, in our communication, and in our contribution to the kingdom of God. It ought to show up. You can't say, me, I can't say I am a Christian and I don't have any evidence of it. You can't say you are a child of God and you don't have any evidence of it. You being, us being, that's not good English, but you understand. Us being children of God ought to show up. It ought to show up in your character, the person that you are. The essence of who you are. It ought to show up in your conduct, your behavior. How you relate to other people. It ought to show up in your communication. How you talk to other people. And it ought to show up in your contribution. What you do for the kingdom of God. Let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to come back and forth in here. But for now, the Bible said in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love. I said this last time. I don't know if, uh, if you guys remember, but every time you're reading the scripture, and it says, but, something, something, something. You have to go back and find out why they said but. It means something has been said already. And they are trying to explain to you that all the things that has been said, it is what it is. But there is something more that I want you to be aware of. Okay? It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In other words, you cannot have one without the other. I came to the understanding that the fruit of the Spirit is not having love and joy and, and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faith and gentleness and self-control. But having love as your basis, right? And then on top of love, you have joy. See, the reason why you have to understand that is because you cannot have self-control if you don't understand the basis of love. You can't, control, you can't have self-control if you don't understand that on top of love, you're supposed to add joy. That on top of joy, you're supposed to have peace. That on top of peace, you're supposed to have patience and kindness. They build on each other. It is not you having goodness and having, love and having uh, patience and kindness, but not having love and not having self-control. Because every single one of that fruit, every single one of the uh, uh, um, um, peel, let me use the word peel, peel of that fruit stems from the spirit. It stems from God. It comes from God. So you can't, God is not a partial God. He is complete. So you cannot say you have love, but you don't have self-control. You cannot say that you have joy, but you don't know how to keep your mouth closed. You cannot say that you have peace, but then you relate to people anyway, anyhow. You cannot say that you have love, but then you don't do anything for God. He gave every single one of us a talent. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. No matter your status, no matter your age, no matter your position, he gave you a talent. And he wants you to use your talent to contribute to the kingdom of God. He wants you to use it to contribute to the kingdom of God. We have to truly come to the understanding of the love of God to know that in his love is where we find the joy. In his love is where we find our peace. In his love is where we find our patience to wait on him to manifest his glory in our lives. Amen? And in that patience, we find the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness of his character in that he is slow to anger. When situation arises, God doesn't flow, uh, uh, um, fly off the handle and get angry and say anything and do anything. That is not the kind of God that we serve. And he said in James chapter 1 verse 21 that everyone ought to be what? Slow to anger, slow to speak, quick to listen. That is his character. And because that is his character and you are in him and we are in him, he wants that character to exude out of you, to come out of you. He wants that character to show up in you, in every part of you. Not just when you are with the church family, but when you are home with your family, with your children. When you are home 
when you are at work. Everywhere you find yourself, when you are in school, only because I'm looking at my, my niece over there. When you are in school, when you are anywhere that he has positioned you, he wants that character to show up. He wants that conduct to show up. He wants that contribution to show up. He wants that communication to show up. Let's go to Psalm 103, verse 8. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in faithful love. That is the God that we serve. He is slow to anger. He has control of his emotions. I read... Um, a definition of self-control, which I thought was very funny, but it is the best definition, I think, for me to really understand self-control. And it says, it's like someone lighting fire under you and you having the, the character to keep your temperature down. Yeah. Something or someone lighting up fire under you. Fire, oh, fire. Fire will cause you, even if you're not doing anything, it will cause you to kind of jump around. But they are lighting up that fire under you, and you are maintaining your chill. You are maintaining your chill. You are cooling yourself while the fire is under you. It is not easy to do that. It is not easy. If you go back to Galatians chapter 5, we'll go back there again. Galatians chapter 5, and you go to the beginning part. Start from 20. Paul was talking to the Galatians, and he was telling them how much they have freedom in Christ. Let's start from, well, we're going to read from, um, from 19 down, but I'm going to give you a little background. He, he, he was talking to the Galatians and telling them that they have freedom in Christ, that they don't, they don't have to be under the law and do things under the law. You don't have to be circumcised to be saved. You don't have to do all these things to be saved. You just have to believe and have faith in Christ. And then he's talking about how if you say that you, um, you are, you are um, um, living, you are living in Christ, then you ought to also walk as though you are in Christ. You are in the spirit. Amen. And he said, for the flesh, I'm going to go back to 17. He said, for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then he talks about what the flesh it does. The easy things. I like the way my scripture said. It says, now the works of the flesh are obvious. 
They are obvious because there are things that are easy. It is easy for you not to want to uh, 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 um, cool down when somebody is, is lighting a fire under you. Or not to want to tell somebody a piece of your mind when they are yelling at you or they are saying things that is not correct in your mind. It is easy to have moral impurity and be promiscuous. It is easy. It is obvious. To have hatred and strife and jealousy and outbursts of anger and selfish ambitions. It is easy. But then he said, but if you are saying that you are a child of God, if you are saying that you are a child of the king and that the spirit of God lives in you and that you have faith in Christ, he said, but that fruit, the evidence of what you are saying ought to be these things. The evidence of what you are saying about who you are in Christ, in Christ. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. The essence of the gardener is to keep the vine, right? The essence of the gardener is to make sure that the, whatever he has planted is, is good. There is no weeds around there. No animals are coming to take off the branches and eat of the, of the plant. That's why I kept saying that everything about the fruit of the Spirit stems from God. He is the one that is, 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 is pruning you and shaping you and getting you to that place. But there's a stipulation. It says, I'll keep reading. It says, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce what? More fruit. It says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. The stipulation there is, remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is, is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Outside of God, you cannot produce the fruit of love, joy, peace, and self-control, which is what we're on today. Outside of God, you cannot produce the fruit of self-control. And so outside of God, your character, your conduct, your contribution, and your communication is skewed. It's, it's moved away from what it's supposed to be because you're outside of the vine. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can't do nothing without me. You can do nothing without me. Your ability to control yourself stems from, where, from your position, where you are. Your ability to control yourself stems from where you are. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, 
First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. Now let me start from verse twenty-five. It says, "Now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive what perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown." So I do not run like one who runs aimlessly. I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. The reason why Paul was saying that to the Corinth is because they were, they were um, challenging. That's the word. They were challenging his ministry and his position. And he was telling them that, you know, if, 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 I wasn't, if I wasn't who I said I was, why would I preach to you the word that I'm preaching to you? I'm paraphrasing. You know, you have to understand that if I am, in, in, if I am planting seeds into you, I ought to be able to also reap some of that uh, 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 fruit from you. But I have not done that. I have not done that. But rather, I have put myself under strict control. I have put myself under strict control because I don't want to, I, I don't want to behave in such a way that you, get, you guys, it will, it will affect your, your walk in Christ. I don't want to do anything that will affect your walk in Christ. So I bring myself under discipline. Under discipline in everything that I do. I bring it under discipline because I want God to be glorified. I don't want to get to the place where I am preaching to you the word of God, but I'm missing the mark. I don't want to get to the place where I am telling you one thing, but I'm behaving a different way. I don't want to get to the place where my character shows up one way at church and a different way with my children. But I bring myself under subjection. The same control that I'm, pre I'm preaching to you about, I bring myself under that subjection. Is it easy? No. But with God. But with God. The plan is to remain in him. If you remain in him, if you remain in him, and understand the basis of who he is, which is love. It is easier. It gets easier. The more you do it, the easier it gets. It gets easier for you to control, bring yourself under subjection, all of yourself. He said my body, all of yourself, his thoughts, his heart, his, his behavior, his everything about him, he brought it under what? Subjection. Why do we need to do that? Why do we need to control ourselves? Why do we need to bring our tongues, our thoughts, our conduct, our behavior, our worship, our lifestyle? Why do we need to bring it under subjection? Because the Bible tells us that everything, we were, we were created for his glory. And everything we do in word or in deed, whether eating or drinking, everything we do, we do it to glorify him. Everything we do, everything. You may think I'm just doing something small, like, I don't know, taking care of children, wiping their mouth, feeding them, 
I'm talking about the, the simplest things in life. I know it's it's hard job. <laughs> it's a hard job, but you know what I'm saying. You know the simplest things that you can think about. Everything that you do, you ought to do it for the glory of God. So when you have self-control, you are doing it for the glory of God. When you do not tell that person off, you are doing it for the glory of God. When your relationship with others brings peace, you are doing it for the glory of God. When your contribution to the kingdom of God means coming in here and cleaning the toilet or cleaning the bathroom or, or, or getting cobwebs off or whatever that you're doing, you're doing it for the glory of God. We were created for that purpose. And so when your purpose is skewed away from giving God glory, you become like the fig tree. You and I become like the fig tree that did not produce fruit. That shriveled up. That shriveled up. God wants you to build on this. Build on what we have been learning. Build on that fruit. It is one fruit. You know? It is one fruit. It is not an array of fruits. It is one fruit. If you're an orange, you're an orange. And if you're an apple, you're an apple. And if you're a grape, you're a grape. But in that, you have to exemplify the character of all of it. In that fruit, love has to show up. Joy has to show up. Peace has to show up. Goodness has to show up. Gentleness has to show up. Kindness has to show up. Patience has to show up. And self-control has to show up consistently. Consistently. James chapter 1 verse 21. I said this earlier. He said, the story from 19, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. 
It says, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. It says, therefore, rid yourself of all moral filth and evil. That is so prevalent. That is so frequent. That is so easily accessible. Read yourself off of these things. And humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. The implanted word of God. One of the questions I, I kept asking myself, okay, how do I, how do I remain in you? How, how do I remain in you? It's not, it's not a, a, an actual physical position, but a spiritual position. To remain in God means to allow the implanted word of God to be in you. How do you allow the word of God to be in you? By emerging yourself in the word of God. Let it be. I, I like the way uh, Minister uh, uh, um, said it. Jesus is the best diet you can ever be on. Eat of it. Eat the word of God. Study the word of God. Pray the word of God. Worship in the word of God. Let your life completely be engulfed around the word of God. Because in that knowledge... Is how you stay in him. How do you stay in someone or something if you don't understand it or you don't have the understanding of it? To remain in him, it means to allow the word of God to completely be saturated in it. And that is how you will learn have control to bring yourself under subjection because you know the word of God and you know what is required of you and you know what he's asking you to do and you know how he's asking you to live and you know how he's asking you to speak and you know how he's asking you to contribute and you know how he's asking you to, to relate to people and you know the character is by immerging yourself in the word. And in that, when you come to the understanding of that, then you will understand that self-control comes from him. And since you are in him, it becomes a little easier. It becomes a little easier. When you think about yourself, when you think about that person hurting you, or that situation annoying you, when you think about yourself, it becomes more difficult to have control, to bring under subjection. But when you think about who you are in him, that I am a child of God, that Jesus said, that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I don't have to fight my battle. The battle that I fight is not physical. It's on my knees. When you are in him, when you understand your position, in him and realize that he is in you and he is pruning and he is shaping and he is getting you to the place where he wants you to be. He has a purpose for your life. 
He has a purpose for your life. And that purpose will shine through if you and I remain in him. Let us all rise. That is the only requirement. The only requirement to bear fruit is to remain in Christ. Jesus. Like I said 